Fatima, she said, make reparation for sinners. Pray the rosary every day for peace and an end to the war, because this was during World War I. But that speaks to peace and war of all times. And then the other part is consecration to Mary's Immaculate Heart. These are like the four you know, major pillars of the message of Mary that we get at Fatima. The first one was really given by the angel who appeared the year before in a world that's abandoned God. The angel taught the children how to pray. And the first prayer was adoration. My God, I believe, I adore, I hope, and I love you. And then we make reparation. I beg pardon for those who do not believe, do not adore, do not hope, and do not love you. That's the prayer an angel taught the children how to pray to have Jesus and Mary open their hearts now ready to listen. And then they say, well, are you willing to make sacrifices for sinners? Will you pray the rosary every day? And then I want the consecration of Russia and the world to my immaculate heart. And if you do these things, there will be peace. So it's very simple. Wow. I may have complicated it and all of that, but it's really simple that no, you didn't. Three kids, three kids were given the secret to save the world, a seven-year-old, a nine-year-old, and a ten-year-old. That's the Our Lady of Fatima apparition. That's Our Lady of Fatima. All right. So since that's coming up. Uh, any day now. Um, let's talk a little bit about it for people that may have no no idea about it. I mean, we, we started off talking about the miracle of the sun, which was really the, the the last of six different apparitions, and then you talked about the angel, which I don't even think many people know about. So, uh, May thirteenth of uh, nineteen seventeen in. Fatima, Portugal, the Blessed Virgin Mary appears to these three little shepherd children. These three little children, two girls, one boy, who are shepherding their parents' flock, walking around in this field and, you know, getting into all the details or whatever, but bam, all of a sudden, uh, they see this lady, right, uh, who ends up being, you know, is the Blessed Virgin Mary, and uh, they're told to appear Every month on the 13th. Is that correct? That's right. So May, she appears May 13th, 1917. She tells the children to return here every month on the 13th. At that very first apparition, what was the first thing that she said or she did in the very first one, May 13th? Do you know? Yes. She really continued what the angel was teaching the children the year before. Okay, oh, great. thanks for saying that. Sorry about that. So the year before, can you please just say what happened with yes, that? Yes, yes. And, and this is actually really important because, like you said, many don't know about it, and it really sets the stage for it. Um, in light of everything that I was describing of the last 200 years and this historical progression of moving away from God and the drastic consequences that it, that it had on humanity um, and, is, and is having on humanity— God sent an angel down to prepare the children to, um, to receive our Blessed Mother, who would visit a year later. And he appeared to them three times, once in the spring, once in the summer, and one in the fall. And he taught the children a few things. The first one was that prayer. With this, the moment the angel appeared, they saw him 
and they saw the Eucharistic host with him, and he said, do not be afraid. I am the angel of peace. And he later revealed himself too as the angel of Portugal, which points to every country has its own guardian angel. And so he taught the children that prayer, my God, I believe, I adore, I hope, and I love you. I beg pardon for those who do not believe, do not adore, do not hope, and do not love you. He bowed down and prostrated before the Eucharistic host, which was suspended in the air, and he made that prayer. So adoration, that's what he taught the children. Because then he said, pray in this way. The hearts of Jesus and Mary are now ready to listen to you. So I don't know about you and me, but it's like, uh, you know, when I pray, that's the biggest thing. Are you listening, Lord? You know, I say the same thing a hundred different ways because maybe one of those ways was better than the others, and now they're listening. Now it's just hum like humility. Angel said, if I want them to open their hearts to me, make an act of humility and adoration, and then I go on with the rest of my prayers. So that's what he taught them. And then he, when he appeared again, at, I mean, this they had no warning. So just imagine, at this time, Jacinta was the youngest. She was six years old. And then you had eight years old and nine years old. So these are little kids. And that didn't that, that didn't freak them out. Like this well, it did in the beginning, but they said that the angel's words just brought so much warmth to them that they imitated the angel in everything that he did, and they learned the prayers. Um, they're beautiful prayers that are acts of adoration to the Blessed Sacrament. Very similar. One of the prayers is very similar to the prayer of divine mercy where we say, Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul, and divinity of, of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in atonement for our sins and those for the whole world. The angel had a very, very similar prayer, which I thought was interesting because that preceded what St. Faustina would learn about two decades later. And, and the power of those words. But the angel said, God is asking them to make sacrifices for sinners in atonement for sins. And he kind of had to pause right there. A six-year-old, an eight-year-old, and a nine-year-old, an angel saying, you need, to be, you need to be making sacrifices for sinners. Because when he appeared the next time, he literally, he said, what are you doing? You should be praying more. You should be making sacrifices. You know, if I did that, I'd be accused of like, you know, being torturous to my children or something yeah, like that. Yeah. I you know, know, but children get it. They have a capacity that we just, we, we write off. And Jesus says, unless you become like little children, you can't enter the kingdom. So that whole, those three appearances were all about pre preparing the kids for what our lady is going to ask. Cause when she appears in 1917, if we fast forward now to May, 1917, she, um, she asks that she picks up that like refrain or antiphon, you can say, and just say, look, it was, will you offer yourselves for sinners? And Sister Lucia said, yes. She was like the spokesman. She was the oldest of the two. It was Lucia, who was 10, and then her two cousins, Jacinta and Francisco, who were seven and nine. Jacinta was the youngest. And, and so Lucia said, yes, we will. And Our Lady didn't pat them on the back or anything like that. She just said, then you will have much to suffer. But don't worry, don't be afraid, because the grace of God will be with you. If our Blessed Mother, unless it was our Blessed Mother telling me that, I probably would be like, you know, thanks for the nice words, but <laughs> that's not very consoling. But she did console them, and so she, she said to do that, because later on, she, she showed them a vision of hell in the July 13th apparition, and she said, this is where poor sinners go, and there's many. 
So she said, pray the rosary every day. That's the constant thing. Every time she appears, she told the kids, pray the rosary every day. And so we could talk about that, the significance of that later. Um, but that was kind of the, the building message from the beginning. Penance, reparation for our sins, adoration of God, pray the rosary. And then in, in July, she talks about the importance of consecrating ourselves to her immaculate heart. You know, she she appeared to these children, right? And she said some pretty intense things, you know, at least for our 2023, you know, ears uh, or whatever. But I just had a curiosity, you know, because I like to ask questions like this. I'm sure people who are listening want to like, wh why would she, why does she appear to children? Okay, because it's not the first time she did. But also, like, why why does she say things that seem intense? And most of all, like, why did she show these young kids a vision of hell? Like, why? Because our, I don't think our brain, it would seem, you know, like that, oh, that's kind of cruel, kind of harsh, you know, and I, and I, I know that it's, it's not right. I mean, these are like saints now, but why do you think she took that route? Why, why does she appear to children? And why does she even say some really harsh things and show visions of hell mm -hmm. to mere kids? Well, remember in an age that has been progressively denying the existence of God, you're going to deny the existence of of hell. You're going to deny the existence of judgment. And so uh, it's an act of mercy that this took place in a certain sense, even though, I mean, literally, it's it would scare the hell out of anyone, hopefully, to knowing the existence of it. And But she's, she told the children, she says, I have, sh I have shown you hell where poor sinners go. And when the, the little visionaries were asked, about what was it about, like what sins were leading them to hell. They said the leading ones were those who believed that hell did not exist to the sins of impurity. Isn't it interesting that as soon as, right after that, Our Lady calls for the consecration of, of Russia and, and then implicitly to the world, to her immaculate heart. This emphasis on the immaculateness, the immaculate heart of Mary Mary as the Immaculate Conception, is it's so important and it's so deep because what symbolizes, what characterizes, not symbolizes, what characterizes a world that has abandoned God is impurity. And the impurity, as you know, as one who loves the theology of the body, it all comes down to the image of God and humanity being made in the, in the image of God. And so Satan, who's the complete counterfeit, ultimately everything is how do you disfigure the image of God, and ultimately to a point where you can't see God in humanity, and then something's going to have to step up to be the new God, and Satan will be ready to do that. That's kind of the whole point of the Antichrist. And so this showing these kids hell was an enormous act of, of mercy for the sake of sinners, because she also said, this is why I'm asking you to make sacrifices, because this is for all eternity. And so the contrast that you mentioned about why little kids, why children, is because children in and of themselves possess that innocence and that purity that makes them so close to God already. You know, our adult lives, it's the paradox is we spend our whole time in our interior life um, trying to become like little children because we get 
we outwit ourselves. We out-intellectualize ourselves. And when we talk about prayer, it's so hard to pray because my mind is like all over the place. When the, the contemplative life and the, and the interior life and our Christian life is still directed to being like children, children who have utmost 100,000% trust in their father and in their mother. And so why did Jesus put Jesus, I trust in you? Why did he command that that be on the picture of him two decades later with St. Faustina? Because the greatest crisis of our times was lack of faith in God, lack of trust in God. And so Our Lady of Fatima is saying, we have to do this, not just for ourselves. So many souls are being lost. We have to make these sacrifices. That's why she's the mother of sorrows. That's why she made sacrifices. The sacrifices we'll never understand. And ultimately, that's why Jesus made the sacrifice for all of us. And to the extent that we share, like St. Paul says, to the, ex to the extent we share in the sacrifice and sufferings of Christ is the extent that we will share in his glory. And the power of our sacrifices united to prayer can win over souls. So it's all about the salvation of souls. And this was our greatest call to action as Mary's creating this army to do it, to fight for this, to fight for souls, fight for your families. And you can't do it without sacrificial love. And so I think that's, you know, how these, these points converge. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you. If people wanted to heed the message of Fatima or find out more about it, um, people that are listening now, they're like, oh, you know what? This is it seems really important. What could we do today to heed this message that is over 100 years old uh, now? Great question. Um, simple. What she asked of us when she says make acts of reparation, um, with the, the word simply means repair. Do things that, can, that we can help repair humanity. In other words, acts of love, acts of sacrifices for others for the sake of souls um, alive who need conversion, of course, the souls in purgatory, but those in that there's, there's something powerful that God has given to us Christians that when we intentionally offer a sacrifice for another, it is among the most powerful graces. So we can offer up anything. So put it this way, our lives are already, we don't have to look for extraordinary ways to offer things up. We wake up and we enter into this world and we're like, oh, you know, dear Lord, like, ugh, I'm going to get through this day. Fatima gives us the lens of, I can offer up all of these sacrifices. And you can just make a general act in the beginning of your day. We call it a daily offering. Offer up your day, your challenges, whatever you're going through, whatever's going to happen, and you don't know. You could even you know, offer up your joys, your sufferings, your, your, your crosses. Offer it for the salvation and the conversion of sinners. Boom. You've just done that one aspect of Fatima. The other one is pray the rosary every single day. And why, why the rosary, we could talk about another time. But Our Lady has made this an extremely powerful prayer, a prayer that is made up of the three greatest prayers, the Creed, the Our Father, and the Hail Mary. And then you meditate on the life of Christ. If we want to co combat the, the craziness of the world, what does St. Paul say? Be, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Well, when you're meditating on the life of Christ, at least for 20 minutes a day, and you're also saying prayers, especially the Hail Mary, that brought about the greatest act of all history, the incarnation, hail full of grace, the Lord is with you. 
We pray thee, our Father, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When we're saying these words, they are power. So whatever we direct those prayers toward, beginning with, I'd say, the salvation of our own souls, but our marriages, our families, our vocations, um, our pastors, you know, our priests. I mean, Our Lady has, I mean, miracles have happened just through the rosary alone. So Our Lady says, pray that every day. And then consecrate yourself to Mary. And there's lots, there's different ways to do it. But consecrating yourself to Mary simply means like a child to his mother, like Jesus did, like God the Father did. He entrusted his son completely to our Blessed Mother. And Jesus asks us to do the same at the, at the cross right before he died. Behold your mother, and Mary will form us. She will watch over us. She will make sure. She's a Jewish mother. She's going to make sure that nobody you know, messes with us to, you know, beyond our, our abilities, because Satan's going to try and snatch us. But it's, you, you especially in, intentionally belong to her. Every faculty of your soul, of in body, and your mission in life, like St. Maximilian Colby says, you're asking to become a fit instrument in her immaculate hands to extend the kingdom of the sacred heart throughout the world. So those four, four things, you could, you could do that every day. They're really simple. And if you do it for you know a month or two, you'll never break it. Wow. That's really potent, very powerful. Um, you know, and I, I told you on the phone the other day a story that I have about Fatima, and I, I don't know if I should tell it now or if I should tell it maybe in the intro or the outro uh, of this episode. Uh, but you know what? I am going to tell you briefly. I'm going to tell you very, very, very briefly right now um, that uh, Our Lady Fatima means a lot to me, um, not just because I have a lot of Portuguese friends, which I do, and I love them to death, uh, and I have been to Fatima, Portugal uh, two different times. But um, my brother, uh, my only sibling, uh, who is two years younger than me, passed away on the 100th anniversary of Our Lady of Fatima on May 13th, 2017. And I'm not saying, oh, I love her because of that. Um, Why do I have a special devotion to her? I had a devotion to her before that happened, but I was praying for my brother for years as well as my family. And, um, you know, I had been to Fatima a couple times, and the one time in particular when I, I really felt like he needed a lot of prayers, a lot of prayers, a lot of prayers, um, you know, I, I went to Fatima, I was there in, uh, I would say, October uh, 2016. Matter of fact, we arrived, Dr. Howard, uh, we arrived on October 13th, so the the anniversary of the last apparition of Fatima, which you spoke early on in the episode about the miracle of the sun. We arrived there on October 13th, and by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, I was able to be the main celebrant for one of the English masses there at that altar of apparitions where Mary herself appeared to the three separate children. Now, my brother's still alive at this point, but obviously... Uh, while I'm celebrating the mass, I'm, you know, really offering that mass in this very special way for my brother. Also, uh, there are many, many, many candles lit in Fatima. Uh, me and my mother, we lit many, many candles and, uh, I, I can't speak for my mom, but I'm sure she was offering, you know, some of those candles for my brother as well as I was. And then they have this like long walkway, 
uh, from like the top of the hill uh, on like this cement marble or whatever. That doesn't make sense. Cement marble. I don't know. This like long pathway that's, you know, let's just put it this way. Not cushy. Okay. Not soft in any which way, shape or form. And people walk on their knees from the top of this hill down to the chapel of apparition. And they kind of go around the inner circle and it's, you know, a sacrifice. And it really, really hurts. And I'm not saying this to, you know, pat myself on the back, but like, I was like, I'm going to do it without cushions. So I put no cushions on my knees whatsoever. And I'm offering this up for my brother, for my brother, for my brother. It's excruciatingly painful. Uh, and, but it's worth it. It's worth it. Right. So I was like, I was like, convinced or I convinced myself or I thought that the Blessed Virgin Mary, I thought that she like really let me know that like my brother was going to be okay. You know, uh, I, I just knew she was going to change his life. So when, you know, you know, about, I don't know, eight months later or whatever, when he passes away on the 100th anniversary of Our Lady of Fatima, of which, by the way, earlier that morning at my church, St. Paul in Ramsey, New Jersey, we had this big devotion, uh, procession, mass, all for Our Lady of Fatima earlier that morning when I, you know, my brother was still alive. And you know, it's a little bit of a, of, of a story, but you know, we didn't know that my brother was dead until... Uh, like three days later. So he died on that Saturday night, which was, but we didn't know until the 16th, right? We knew he, there was something wrong. We knew he we was, he was missing and we, you know, we knew that he was probably dead, but we didn't know for sure until the 16th. And we found out that he died on the 13th. And so when I first found that out, Dr. Howard, I was angry. I was so mad. I was angry because I'm like, are you kidding me on this feast day? I mean, I thought you told me that you were going to take care of him and, 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 and the complete opposite of what happened. And even though intellectually I knew that it wasn't God's fault, right? God didn't cause it. And intellectually I knew that Mary didn't, you know, cause it or whatever, or that, you know, she doesn't like fail. Um, I was angry, you know, and, and what do you do? You, you get mad, you blame. Um, but, it was very, very short after that. And I think it was at the wake when uh, our hometown uh, pastor um, said a couple things. And one of the things he said was like, well, I mean, think about, think about the very last words of the Hail Mary prayer. Pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And he said, do you not think that she was there at that very moment? at the very moment, the hour of his death and, and, you know, brought him, uh, you know, to the Lord. So that helped. But the main thing I want to tell you is that, uh, about a month later, I was on vacation visiting some friends up in, uh, Ann Arbor, uh, up in Michigan somewhere. And, uh, that night I had a dream and my brother appeared to me in the dream. First time I had a dream about him since he passed away. And in real life, I, I had a couple questions that I wanted to ask my, my brother. There were a couple of things that were haunting me. And um, one of the questions was I wanted to know if anybody was with him when he passed, you know, because, because he was alone, right? Or supposedly he was alone. And uh, he was in his car and he was down in Florida and, you know, we're all up in Jersey. And uh, I, just, I just needed to know, you know, um, was there anyone there? Were you all by yourself? And so I asked them in the, in the, in the, in the, in the dream, I, I, I asked them, 
you know, was there anybody with you when, when you passed? And, and I was just thinking like, like of a, a friend or something. And he, he looked down and then he like had this looked up with this huge grin on his face, this huge grin on his face. And he just said to me one word. He said, he shook his head like, yes. And he said, Fatima, Fatima was with me when I passed. And I know it's a dream, okay, or whatever, but to me, it was very real. It was very real. And that gave me such peace. I woke up with goosebumps. I called my mom. Uh, she was like, wow. You know, and like, it's, it's a very, it, it was a sign for us that I think that the Lord gave us that, you know, Mary, in a sense, really did come through. Not maybe in the way that we expected it or wanted it, but she really was there for him um, and did, in a sense, save him in the terms of, of bringing, you know, entrusting uh, my brother to, to the Lord. So, uh, so yeah, so I, I, I do have a, uh, even more of a devotion to Our Lady of Fatima. As a matter of fact, on my brother's uh, mass card, his funeral card, whatever you call it, uh, you know, Our Lady of Fatima is, is on that. And uh, May 13th is a very, very special day in our family because you know it's it's his passing but the fact that it happened on the 100th anniversary um you know obviously i i wish it never happened i i i would i would you know take it back in in a heartbeat but the fact there was some comfort there at first that caused great anger but there was some comfort because she does love all of her children so um mm -hmm. i i i just i just I don't know. I just leave us with that. <laughs> That's a powerful story. I'm glad you shared it when you told me that. I was like, yeah, I think others need to hear that. Yeah, there's uh there's there's a little bit more to that. But uh Dr. Howard, I'm I'm grateful that you've been on here. And so is there anything right now though that we could plug for you? Anything that we can endorse for you in any which way, shape, or form? And then, you know, I will if there's any links of anything, I'll put them in the show notes or the YouTube mm -hmm. notes. So yeah. what, what can we push for you? Yeah, thank you. Well, We'll be talking about it in the future, but this is ongoing right now, and it's uh, it's it's beginning to pick up some steam here. And, and that is simply uh, go to the, our website fultonsheenmovement.com, and it's uh, we are launching a, a, a worldwide petition that is providing a collective voice for all those who love Fulton Sheen and really want to see his beatification uh, brought to completion. All they have to do is set the date for his candidate or his beatification mass and it's done like they did it four years ago it's been on pause everybody wants to know why and i'm here to tell people there are no more reasons why there's nothing that's that's holding it up um and so uh we need this great man this great saint we talked about him even in our fatima talk um he had a great love for fatima uh, an enormous love for our blessed mother um, and uh, I mean, my doctorate was written on his Mariology and I find him to be one of the most profound teachers on Mary I've ever come across most inspiring. Um, and so FultonSheenMovement.com is a great place to start. It takes 15 seconds. Um, so father can lead the way on that. Uh, just put your name in and, uh, right. You know, this is about a man that we desperately need. He will be, he's what our priests need, what our bishops need and who we need uh, among the laity. He's like our general. So FultonSheenMovement.com is the place to go. Check out. There's a long petition if you want to know the history about it, or you can just sign it. But 15 seconds, and then share it. Just copy and paste that 
address to everyone. And uh, we're going to be doing something great, especially for the church in the United States. Praise God. Praise, and I too. What's the name of your podcast? It's called The Catholic Patriot. The Catholic and Patriot. You, okay. Yep, it's on our YouTube channel for the Fulton Sheen Institute. And just, uh, it, it's simply, if you put in at Fulton Sheen Institute, when you're on YouTube in yeah. the search, we have it. So it's just by that name, at Fulton Sheen Institute. And you'll see... Um, the Catholic Patriot. We, um, I'm, I'm getting caught up on my podcast. You know how that is. And, yeah, and the other um, thing, the last thing, because this ties into a call to action of our Fatima message. Every weekday um, at 11 a.m. Eastern time, 8 a.m. where I am, 11 a.m. Eastern, we have a live um, international rosary with people all around the world to join us. And we pray the Fulton Sheen Rosary for all the regions of the world. Every five major regions of, you know, inhabited regions we pray for each continent, you can say. Um, and uh, it's power. We have a, we have a wonderful prayer family. And I, like I said, they're from all around and they're very faithful. It's the same people showing up all the time. So if you're looking for a way to say like rosary is hard for me to pray. Um, it's nice when you pray with others or you need something just to pray with here we are. And every day, every weekday, Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern, you can join us and you can put your petitions. So we actually know what to pray for. And you've got, you know, 50 rosaries of whatever people there praying every, this is the, my last thing. When you pray in common, if, if you pray a rosary by yourself, you get the graces of one rosary toward your intention. If you pray with 50 people, you're praying the rosary. It's 50 power of 50 rosaries for your intention power of common prayer like that. I learned that from St. Louis de Montfort. I was like, that's amazing. No wonder we need to pray more. So there is a way to do it. Just at Fulton Sheen Institute at, on YouTube and just you know subscribe and like it, hit the bell and you'll get notified every single time we do it. So thanks father for letting me plug that. And I'll, I, I look forward to uh, sharing I'm gonna, about, I'm about the Holy you Mass. In five minutes. I'm calling you in five minutes. So. And I'm going to have you on my podcast. Oh, that'd be great. That'd be great. Thank you. No, I, I really would, would appreciate it. So, so God bless you. Uh, Dr. Peter Howard, uh, thank you for being a guest on A Holy Mass, and uh, we will talk to you soon. Sounds awesome. Thanks, Father. All right. God bless you. God bless you. Yeah.